Welcome to episode five of the Asset Protection Podcast. My name is Wayne Patton. I'm an asset protection attorney. And today we're going to talk about section 541, special power of appointment trusts. In the last two podcasts, we discussed offshore asset protection trusts and portable offshore asset protection trusts. We covered a lot of ground, guys. We talked about settlers. We talked about trustees, beneficiaries, trust protectors, investment advisors, ways to avoid contempt of court orders uh, in the event that you are under a court order to repatriate assets to the United States. Uh, we have been covering this stuff in a lot of detail, and there's a lot more detail for us to hone in on. We're going to get to it all in, a, in due course. Today, I want to talk about uh, domestic type of trust. It is not what is typically called a domestic asset protection trust or a DAPT. Uh, those types of trusts are self-settled trusts that are authorized in about 13 U.S. states, and those states have enacted statutes that provide asset protection for self-settled trusts, much like the offshore jurisdictions that we use. The problem with DAPT statutes or domestic asset protection trust statutes is that they are untried. They don't have a history of case law that supports their use. And the second problem with them is uh, there's a lot of controversy as to whether or not these things will hold up at all unless you happen to be a resident of one of the 13 states that has a DAPT statute and you have all of your assets inside of that state. Un unless that fits you to a T, then uh, domestic asset protection trusts really aren't for you. But I have good news. There is a different type of domestic trust, a U.S.-based trust, that can provide you with some asset protection. Just really quickly to recap the last two podcasts, the main reason for wanting to use an offshore trust is to avoid activist judges and results-oriented juries. By using an offshore trust, you remove your assets from the jurisdiction of the U.S. court system and you maintain a very active role in deciding how your assets are used and for whose benefit they're used. That is the main benefit and the primary feature of an offshore asset protection trust that enables you to remain in control and, and takes your assets off the table. It, it makes your assets unavailable to satisfy any judgment that's rendered against you personally. Um, one topic that we haven't really touched on, and as soon as uh, I'm done mentioning this, we're going to get into the Section 541 Special Power of Appointment Trust. But one topic that we really haven't touched on yet is what kind of net worth do you need to have before it starts to make sense to think about asset protection planning? And anytime you have a net worth that is at about a half a million dollars or more, it makes a lot of sense to start thinking about an asset protection plan. It makes a lot of sense to start thinking about a portable offshore asset protection trust or a Section 541 trust. Once you're at that level, uh, the decision is not only a smart one in terms of being able to protect your assets, but it's also an economical choice. I'm a pretty frugal person personally, and I'm also frugal with my clients' money. So I don't want to see you waste money on something that you don't need. That's why I'm a huge advocate for the portable offshore trusts because they're much less expensive to maintain and they still provide really great protection. 
Um, but over the long haul, they will cost you a whole lot less money to keep in place. The Section 541 Special Power of Appointment Trust will cost you even less to maintain. So let's jump in right now and talk about that. The Section 541 Trust is most, most applicable or most effective for a married couple that has a really great relationship. And the way these trusts work is like this. You are the settler, okay? In all of these examples, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to assume that you individually are the settler. You're the person who's going to create the trust, okay? And you would settle the trust with your assets, and you would name your spouse as the beneficiary of the trust. And you could also name your spouse as the trustee, or if you want the trust to be even more effective, you could name a third-party trustee. And here's what happens, though. Remember the bundle of rights we've been talking about all along, the, the bundle of rights that make up property? Well, when you contribute assets to the Section 541 Special Power of Appointment Trust, you retain the right to appoint new beneficiaries to the trust. And what that means is that the trustee, while the trustee manages the trust assets, there is no real beneficiary to the trust. And until you name a beneficiary, the trustee can't make a distribution. There's nobody to whom they can make a distribution. So what you've done is you've retained a power. And in the law of estate planning and in the law of asset protection, that's called a special power of appointment. So uh, the way it would work would be, uh, say that there's a million dollars in your special power of appointment trust, and you need to get some money out. So what you would do is you would write a note to the trustee and you would say, I am exercising my special power of appointment to make a gift of $25,000 to my wife. And then what the trustee would do is write a check for $25,000 that would go to your wife and that $25,000 could be deposited in your joint checking account. So that's how you can get the assets out of a special power of appointment trust since you yourself are not the beneficiary. Remember, in the context of an offshore trust, you're the beneficiary of the trust, so the trustee could just write you a check directly. Now, the reason this works best for, for married couples is that you can give unlimited gifts to your spouse without a tax consequence. The same is not true of your children, it's not true of your parents, it's not true of your siblings. If you were to um, try the same type of planning, except um, you, the letter you sent to the trustee said, I'm exercising my special power of appointment in favor of my brother. Well, sure, the trustee could write a check for $25,000 to your brother, and your brother could give that money back to you, but now there's a gift tax involved. You've given your brother $25,000, and your brother has given you $25,000. So you are both going to be on the hook for the gift tax, that, that's incurred on a $25,000 gift. The alternative is you can use that as part of your lifetime exemption. Um, we're all entitled to give uh, at, at this point in time, in 2014, it's well above $5 million, either during our lives or after we die as part of our estates. And we're all entitled to give that amount tax-free. But you don't want to use up those exemptions needlessly because you don't need to do that. If you're married, you get an unlimited gift tax deduction. So there's absolutely no tax 
for gifts that are given between spouses. That's why I say the Section 541 trust is most effective when it's used between spouses. Now, that's not to say that this type of trust can't be effective if you're unmarried, because it can be. It's just a little bit more complex. And the way it would work is you would do the exact same setup procedure. You would uh, give your assets to a trustee of a Section 541 Special Power of Appointment Trust, and then those assets would be held in trust. When you wanted to get those assets back, what you would do is you would delegate your special power of appointment to one person or a committee of people who you trust and know very well, and you would delegate your special power of appointment to that committee. And that committee could then say, okay, we are exercising this special power of appointment in favor of the settler, you. And now, again, there is no gift tax consequence because you're essentially giving a gift to yourself and that's not a taxable event. So we avoid tax consequences and you're still able to get your assets back. This is just really complex. It requires the coordination of a lot of different people and it can work and I've seen it work to great effect, but it's you know really just a question as to whether or not this is economical and whether or not you have people uh, who are willing to help you to this end. I'm more than happy to help my clients if they want me to serve on a committee uh, you know, to help them get their assets out of a trust like this. But, uh, you know, it's just, it's complex and it's not necessarily going to be the fastest way to get your assets out and or the best way to protect your assets. Now, why does the Section 541 Special Power Appointment Trust provide asset protection? We talked about in the context of an offshore trust, the asset protection comes from the fact that the offshore jurisdiction simply will not recognize the judgment of a U.S. court. And that means if you have a creditor in the U.S. and they want to access your trust assets, they have to go to a foreign jurisdiction, they have to re-argue their entire case in a foreign country, they have to pay foreign attorneys who, by the way, will not work or are not permitted by law to work on a contingency fee, and the plaintiff will have to pay all the expenses of litigation up front, and there's a two-year statute of limitations, and in order to overcome the presumption that the trust was created for a lawful purpose, they have to prove that you committed fraud beyond a reasonable doubt. Those are the reasons that we get asset protection in an offshore trust. But if you lose a lawsuit in the United States of America and you have an offshore trust and the judge asks you, are you the beneficiary of a trust? You must answer truthfully and you must say, yes. I own a beneficial interest in a trust. A good asset protection plan will never require you to lie under oath or uh, to maintain secrecy of your assets. You should be able to tell the truth under oath at all times and not have to worry about your assets being taken away from you. In the case of a Section 541 Special Power of Appointment Trust, the asset protection actually comes from the bankruptcy code. And Section 541 is a specific uh, provision in the bankruptcy code that says a special power of appointment alone is not considered property. It's not considered ownership. It's not considered a beneficial interest. So with a Section 541 trust, if you're ever asked, 
Are you the beneficiary of a trust or do you have an interest in a trust or are you the owner of a trust? You can truthfully, under oath, say, no, I do not. The assets in the trust are simply not part of your estate. And remember, in episode two of the podcast, of this podcast series, we talked about exempt assets. And if an asset is exempt from your bankruptcy estate, then it's also exempt from creditor claims outside of the context of bankruptcy. So a Section 541 Special Power of Appointment Trust is just a trust that takes advantage of a very specific provision of the bankruptcy code that allows you to say, I do not own these assets. So if you're ever asked under oath, you can lawfully and rightfully say, no, I don't. And that means these assets won't be discovered in post-judgment discovery. Post-judgment discovery is just a process that happens after a judgment has been rendered against you where the plaintiff or the person who's holding the judgment gets a chance to ask you all kinds of questions about the assets that you own or the assets that might be available to satisfy the judgment. So the protection for a special power of appointment trust comes from Section 541 of the Bankruptcy Code. And again, that code provision just says a special power of appointment is not considered a beneficial interest or ownership of property. That's going to conclude today's podcast. Um, please visit my website, www.mwpatton.com. That's M like Mike, W like Whiskey, Patton like the General. And sign up for the newsletter over there. Uh, check out the site. There's a ton of information on asset protection planning. And feel free to shoot me an email or give me a call if you have any questions or any specific topics you'd like, me, you'd like for me to address in this podcast. I'll see you on episode number six where we're going to talk about limited partnerships and limited liability companies. And uh, then in the following episode, after that, episode number seven, we're going to bring it all home. I'm going to show you how limited partnerships and or limited liability companies work in conjunction with offshore trusts or a Section 541 Special Power of Appointment Trust, how these tools all function to create one integrated asset protection strategy that you can rely on and that will be really ironclad for you. So we're going to bring all that home in Episode 7, and then we're going to dive even deeper into some of the details of asset protection planning in future podcasts. Thank you for your time and attention today, and I'll see you again soon.